Welcome, everyone. Saturday's Sydney meeting is at Royal Randwick. On the lands of the Bidjigal and Gadigal people, we acknowledge them as the traditional owners and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We've got a new lineup to this show moving forward and new roles. Um, Mark Sheen returns as our punter's punter. He's now joined by uh, his fellow trackside punter and yard guru, Rob Scurry. Rob's mounting yard mail is winning at 13.2% profit on turnover over the last 12 months. And that's, well, that's a hell of a lot better than my last 12 months. Uh, so if you want to uh, get on board with Rob's stuff, head to themailbag.com.au, down the, download the app, get Rob's mail live from the track each and every Metro meeting. Thanks, thanks Mark. Uh, and you're returning not as a punter, but as a bookie. Uh, recently launched ReadyBet, readybet.com.au. Uh, you can download the app, have a look. Uh, pretty big switch, Mark. Uh, what inspired it and how's it going so far? Uh, what inspired it? Well, um, the main thing that inspired it was my fear of getting a real job. It's been over 20 years now that I, uh, since I had a, a genuine uh, nine-to-five office job. Um, the, my cousin and I, Cameron O'Brien, we're partners in this business. We've been talking about it for a long time. We, uh, I've worked for bookmakers for a long time on and off track. Uh, we have a lot of bookmakers in our family. And just with the way the industry is changing of late, um, the door was open for smaller operators, and we're certainly that, smaller Australian loan operators, to get a foot in the door. Look, we're not going to be competing with sports bet or the TAB or any of the giants of the industry, but we're, you know, we're we're just another avenue for you. We're, you know, we aim to have great service and promos and great content like this, hopefully, going forward. So that that was what. Uh, so yeah, there was part of that and part of my fear of uh, returning to the real working uh, world. Yes. So Mark, you, um, I wasn't there unfortunately, but I've uh, the word around the traps is that you caught up with the uh, the mailbag crew up at the Gold Coast recently and uh, swapped a few stories with the. Dylan and J- uh, Jack and the rest of them, including the famous uh, Canberra story involving uh, the plane trip to uh, uh, yeah, Canberra for Mark Reed. Is that correct? Yes, uh, the boys are up there inspecting some yearlings. I was up there on a, on a golf trip with uh, 23 other lunatics and uh, never had a drink while I was up there, of course. So uh, <laughs> we got over to the, what's the joint called there, Broadbeats, the Loose Moose or some some name like that anyway. It was certainly Loose Moose at the finish there. Um <laughs> But I did relay a, a story to them. Of course, Mark worked for Mark Reed, and I, in my early 20s, um, worked for Mark for a few years before he went back to Melbourne. And uh, there was one Sunday where well, we were at the races on the Saturday, in fact, and Mark said, oh, we're working at Canberra tomorrow. Where else? And, oh, geez, we're working six days a week with a lobby and uh, lob a boomerang on the Sunday morning to, to go to Canberra and work. We thought we were bookmaking, but uh, when we got to boomerang, on the Sunday morning, Mark said that uh, he had a horse in and uh, he had us standing in certain parts of where he wanted us to attack the ring and, and bet. Anyway, we get out to the airport. We don't go commercial, though, because someone might have seen us or, you know, saw the, the names on the board or wherever. So we're down there on a private jet, lob there. Taxis are booked in bodgy names. Lobbed at the track and Mark and I used to go to the races occasionally at the provincials. So particularly Gosford, we used to uh, he used to just ring down and say, um, "I'm going to the races today. Get the cards ready because this was before internet, so every horse was on a card alphabetical." And uh, we'd often go to the races and I'd bet for him and or whatever he'd do the form going up. I would drive anyway, so it didn't look out of place that uh, that I was with him in the ring. But the other boys were huddled at the the end of the stand and uh, I think they were um, found out there by, 
uh, Robbie Waterhouse or one of his staff uh, actually saw him. And Mark had also ordered an armoured car to pick up the cash uh, for the horse, uh, suspecting that it would win. I think they also uh, did some inquiring about what the armoured car was doing there and they put together two and two. Anyway, the horse's price went up and it was off the map straight away. Uh, Mark and I were running around. We we had the rails the other boys had out the back. There was bookies everywhere in those days, biggest stands you've ever seen in your life. Um, I think uh, I got abused a couple of times for not getting enough on from Mark. Uh, I think I averaged, I don't know, about three to one, whatever. Anyway, so we go in to watch the race. And uh, all the boys have got their money on. We've tallied all the bets. Mark says, uh, how much do you want on it? Going around, the boys going 1,000, 1,000, And he said, how much do you want? I said, 200. He said, 200. I was, we're getting about 350 a week anyway. <laughs> I was eating the paint off the wall anyway. He said, have a decent bet anyway. I said, put 350. I was in about 350 a week clear. I said, put the 350 on it anyway. Have a decent bet, he said. Well, he said that he added a few other colourful words there. Anyway, the horses, about four in front coming up to the furlong. We're standing on the steps of the front of the stand there, and the blokes had a peek behind me. He said, don't look behind you, imbecile. That's <laughs> <laughs> one by about five lengths. But as I said, the armoured car was there to pick up the money. I don't know how long we were there counted for putting it in the van, but was certainly an interesting day. Anyway, we got out to the airport to come back. There was no Brasco on the plane. We picked up a couple of slabs of beer <laughs> and then got on our holding pattern coming back. So uh, it was a race to the Brasco uh, when we landed, I can tell you. <laughs> anyway, it was a good day. Oh, my God. I wish I'd, I wish I'd been at the wherever it was in Broadbeach to hear that uh, <laughs> with a jar in front of me because that is a classic. And, look, they reckon Terry Bailey calls them home sometimes. I mean, ordering an armoured car. Before the money's even on. If that's not calling him home, I don't know what is. That's, uh, that's a remarkable story. Well told, Mark. Uh, I'm sure that'll, that will that will get us some traction uh, when that story comes to life. Thank you very much for that. Anyway, um, we move on. We move just a few, few days back in time. And speaking of travelling to the races in uh, flex mode, as you might call it, what about uh, your mate, uh, Rob, um, our overlord, Mr Volandes at Royal Ascot, no one knew he was there, did they? And then next thing you see, there he is in the uh, in the carriage going down the straight at Ascot. That was uh, that was a sight to behold, wasn't it? Well, it, indeed, indeed. Um, I, I so much more likable than uh, Prince Andrew, though. And oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, he's obviously done really well um, promoting New South Wales and looking after. Um, his constituents, and you know, I, I think he's just sort of like a micro microcosm of the world. Everything's sort of looking good on paper, but I think there's a storm coming. Um, but you know, you know how I feel feel about things like that. But yeah, look, you, Nature Strip, um, one of your favourite horses, Mark. I know you don't get excited about horses, or, or you know, rosy eyed like you know, I'm, I'm about a benchmark seventy five that we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, Nature Strip, did you have a bet? Me? No, I didn't. I, I didn't back him. I really should have. He, he, he met all my criteria, really, to, for a bet. But I, I was really, really wrapped to see him put in that sort of performance. I know the, the race changed complexion as soon as the gates opened because the jockey on the American horse was looking over his shoulder, apparently, when they, they let him go. And he's meant to be the fastest horse on the planet. And um, he was out of play as soon as the, the gates were open. But, look, I know maybe the, the rest of the sprinters aren't up to much, but... Chris Wallace got him there in one piece and he's done what he's had to do. He's had, well, he's destroyed them, really. Uh, run really good time. Um, and good to, it's been a while since an Australian's 
dominated a field like that over there. Look, um, Black Caviar, who's you know obviously the best sprinter we've ever seen, she wasn't right on that day, and and she's fallen in at six to one on that day. So it was good to see uh, an Aussie sprinter get there in one piece and do, you know, run to his best. What did you think, Mark? Did, did you back him? No, I didn't. I watched on, but I was, uh, you know, I was glad for Australian racing that he won and glad that Pete was there to see it all. So uh, at least to be able to claim that trip on his tax now that he's been seen at the meeting there in the garage. (laughs) Anyway, no, great job from uh, to Chris Waller to get him to peak there uh, virtually first up when when most of the times when he runs in Australia first up, he gets beaten by Eduardo. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, really, I mean, of recent times out here, it's been grand final day in 1200. We've seen those real big runs. So, yes. at age seven, and he's uh, still adding strings to his bow. That's uh, that's really good to see. Um, he's a proper champion. Oh, there's he's, no doubt. He's, no. he's a proper champion. You no, know, yeah. like, like you, know, you can say him and Manicato. And I know Manicato could. I think he ended up winning up to a mile, and he was running when I was born. But um, yeah, I, I think I think he's up there as a one one of the best we've seen. You know, best of his at least ten years. It's sort of since so you think or something. Poor old Manicato was a cripple now. Well, Manicato, yeah, we had a heart attack age three as well. But I think you might have forgotten about Black Caviar there too. Uh, oh, no, she's probably going to continue. I just laid her every start waiting for her to break no. down. So, you know. Yeah, well, no. it's, a, it's a punting show. You're allowed to have those prejudices. Uh, well, Bowman's biggest bet was naturalism in 92 when he fell off. So, you know, it's, you got to, things happen in racing. It's a funny old game. Um, new new segment um, Redford Express, Black Booker's. Uh, some of the best trialers in New South Wales uh, you can put into your black book presented by mailbagbloodstock.com.au where we currently have three uh, shares in horses available. Um, one, uh, there might even be more with my dickos going, but there's a Maurice Colt, which um about the hottest stallion in the country, uh, 2.5% available with Annabelle Nation for 1270 uh, I reckon that'll go soon. Uh, Boss Queen, uh, she trials with Kieran Ma and David Eustace. Um, 1635 for 2.5% share. Atlantic Way, um, we reckon this, this wins a maiden. Um, we reckon it wins a maiden in two months. It's only $360 for 2.5% share. Email jono at themailbag.com.au for any more info. Uh, Mark, you have three horses. Uh, we, we start with Airman, who trialled at Rose Hill on Monday, Heat 5. Yeah, he's by I'm invincible at a jolly base, uh, pretty impeccably bred. He was given a pretty easy trial Um at his prior trial, that he was jagged back and uh, and was very wide and not knocked about by Willie Pike. But his last trial, again, he was just off the speed, but he got a rails run in the straight. And even though he was pushed out, I really like the way he accelerated over the concluding stages to, to pick them up and hit the line strongly. He looks a type of horse to me who'll, uh, who'll relish getting out to, say, 12 or 1,400 metres in time. But uh, he's in the Chautauqua colours over on the rails in uh, blue with the the yellow lightning bolt, and as I said, he had a pretty easy time the first time around, and, and we'll see him here get a rails run in the straight and, and pick them up close to the post. So I thought it was a very nice effort and certainly an improvement from his first time out. So he certainly looks one to watch to me out of heat number five, the first of the trials. Right, the next is uh, Golden Age, same day, same trainer, um, by the superstar again, I'm Invincible. Yeah, well, this one is a full brother to Naval Seal um, and, and he's uh, races in the Alan Bell colours. Uh, his first trial was, uh, well, it was pretty ordinary. He was buried back on the inside and maybe he didn't fancy that. But his second trial, uh, Willie bounced him out in front. Admittedly, he did get a slow section in front, 
But uh, I really liked the way he stretched out over the last 200 metres. He put them to the sword pretty quickly. And he's another one who I think uh, will certainly appreciate getting over a little bit further than the distance of the trial. Um, looks a big, strong type, very much in the mould of Naval Seal. And as you can see here over the last 200 metres, Pike just gives him a little bit of a dig up and he races away and scores most impressively. So that's a massive improvement from his first trial to his second. And if he goes uh, ahead from that trial, I think he'd be winning probably first up, judging by the way he went there. Right. Uh, and the last one is a David Pfeiffer trained, uh, it's called Windchat, and it, it ran at Hawkesbury Heat 13 on Tuesday. What about this one? Yeah, this is more for the provincials, I think. He didn't show a great deal of speed uh, on his debut run, uh, or a lot less speed than I thought he would. I thought he'd be up near the lead at Newcastle, but he didn't jump all that well, and then he got badly checked at the 600 metres. But he showed more speed in this trial at Hawkesbury. That's him in the trapeze artist colours, black with the yellow V, and he was right up on the speed here, and he went to the line under a stranglehold. So... Uh, I th th think you forgive his first up uh, defeat there at Newcastle where he met some interference and uh, I think he's really come on since that. Look at him here over the concluding stages, full of running and under a hold. So watch out for him, probably at the provincials on a Saturday, but I think he's uh, going to win at his next start. Very good. A few black bookers there. Um, Windshadow, I know, has uh, attracted a lot of attention off that trial. There's a bit of a dispute about the time, I think, on social media uh, of that trial, but uh, certainly no doubt uh, about how impressive he was there. All right, let's get into Saturday. Royal Randall, currently a soft six. Um, well, we'll start with that. Do you think it'll improve, guys, uh, Sydney Heights? Yeah, I think it will. We've had a bit of wind around a sunny day, so I, I think it'll be a bit better than that, although Canterbury was uh, was a bog yesterday, wasn't it, Rob? So, uh, yeah, I think Canterbury's probably past the juice by date and certainly in need of some funds from the pox tax, uh, but no doubt the prize money is more important than the racetrack. But anyway, what do you think, Rob? Uh, look, Canterbury, our best draining track, um, yeah. appears not to be. Uh, that was, you know, I, we might, I might have missed a storm, but we, we've barely had any rain in the east for now three, four weeks. So I, I think tomorrow, you know, you can you call it dead on, on, on the better side of dead, I'd suggest, uh, in the old. Um, not that I'm that old, but, you know, I, I think it'll be, you know, like a, it might be upgraded and, most horses who've been running should enjoy it. And it's probably, you know, one of the firmer tracks that a lot of them would have seen for a long time. Yeah. Um, Canterbury clearly hasn't recovered from that battering a cop uh, in the autumn, uh, you know, when there were metres of rain. Uh, it did used to be the best wet weather track in Sydney, and it's just uh, gone to pieces of late, unfortunately. Should at this juncture, of course, mention that the mailbag is powered by Punning Form, the best database in ra racing, punningform.com.au. Uh, now, the rail's at six metres on Saturday. Um, Look, personally, I think that will bring on paces uh, a bit more into play than it was at the last meeting. Look, to be honest, it was pretty fair last meeting as long as you could get off the fence. Um, Randwick, the much maligned Randwick, has been playing pretty well lately uh, at recent meetings. I just, um, I suspect it'll just be a touch more on pace because of the six-metre rail. Any thoughts there, Matt? Yeah, I'm a little bit the same. Six-metre rail can be... Um, you know, have to be handy, basically, but uh, we'll just have to watch a couple of races and... And so at least we get a you know, non-event there in the first a highway to get a free look. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're going to look at uh, three races on Saturday. We start with the um, the fourth, race four. Uh, just mentioned a uh, bit of self-promotion here. Ready, better, running a uh, money back uh, for second promotion on the first three races at every Australian track every day. I uh, don't know why I'm mentioning that because this is race four and it therefore doesn't qualify. But my, my first go at my new role of being the uh, the bookie spruker for myself, reading out the prices for uh, 
readybet.com.au and of course I can't find them. All right, here's the market for race four from the top. Number one, Cruel Summer, $11. Two, Huesca, $4.20. Three, Sacramoni, $15. Four, Dehorned Unicorn, $7.50. Five, Rebel Shadow, $23. Six, Pokari Kari, $3.80. Seven, Bartoselli, $17. Eight, Royale Return, $31. Nine, Bitcoin Baby, $17. Ten, what he goes, $31. And 11, Pretty Wild, $4.80. Mark Sheen, do you want to open the bowling here? Get into this. Look, I like Bakari Kari. Uh, I am a little bit worried about that rail position, but she did jump a lot better um, last start than she did uh, first up and the jockeying uh, just to drag her back towards the rear of the field. So I'm just wondering where she will get to from Barry number three here, hoping, hoping she can jump on terms and not be as far back as she was at Gosford. Uh, we'll look at the replay here. Nash just jagged her out the back and uh, she just picked them up and gave them wind burn over the final 200 metres now. Her, her first two runs, uh, first up, she's looked fat and she's won second up both times. And now she goes to a third run into preparation. Look, she's built like an absolute tank, isn't she, Rob? Yeah. Um, she's, a, she's a magnificent uh, filly. And uh, I just think she will keep getting better with racing. I'm just a little concerned about where she will get to in the run, but I'm hoping Kieran has got his sinking cap on, doesn't get too far back here. And I just think she's got a lot of upside in the race. Wesker will probably come across from the outside and take up the running. Um, look, he did a decent enough job to win the other day, but he did run a lot slower sectionals to the Horned Unicorn on the same day. Um, but I just think she's got more upside for Kari Kari. Uh, Rob, what do you think of her as a, as a type? Yeah, big, strong, masculine filly. Um, I, I remember seeing her, I think, remember she ran at Warwick Farm first first up. Well, Anyway, it was a midweeker. And um, she was certainly in, in, in the numbers. And her win the other day at Canterbury, I'm pretty sure it was Canterbury, was very good. Um, I was on Cruel Summer. I've been on Cruel Summer the last two starts. Um, and I thought it just looked absolutely – I've got a thing when I do – but I send the message. Sometimes I say it's got today written on it. And Cruel Summer had today written on it last start and went down a nose with Ash Morgan. I know you've got a tail to tell there in that race too, Marcus. I think you're on the uh, – the um the five rebel shadow. I was on rebel shadow, and to be honest, I was really expecting to see a jockey change. Um, I think uh, I think T. Schiller might be in the ownership. He rides at every start, but he um, look. I don't want to sit here and now that I'm a you know bookmaker, uh, sit here and about bad beats. But you know, hit a horse once and it veers towards the grandstand, straighten it up, and then do it again five strides later. That was it. Wins by a length, doesn't it? If it goes straight. Anyway, that's that's enough yeah. of that. Bit of George George W. Bush about that. Fool me once, <laughs> fool me twice. Exactly. Yeah. I, look, I, th- I think Mark's. I think I think she's got the most upside in the race and, and should be favourite. The trainer, uh, Bryce Hayes, is is uh, yeah. He look, he goes all right, but but he doesn't he doesn't train too many winners. So to you know a big bet at this price range might be a bit iffy. Yeah, I think I think the price is is fair. I mean, that was a dynamic win last start. Um, I think she's probably the best horse in the race. I'm just a little bit scared of whether she jumps and therefore the map. If she's back and buried from gate three uh, on the six-metre rail, that could be what brings her undone. I think she's a better horse than Huesca, but Huesca's going to get – he won't have to do much right, you know, the run he's going to get. He just has to turn up and do what he does. Um, Pokari Kari is going to need a couple of breaks to go her way, but I do think she's the best horse in the race, and I think the price is fair enough to to find out. So, yeah. Oh, one more, one more thing in this race. There's a, there's a jockey here I've never, I've never heard of. Uh, Brandon Lorena. Who's that? Yeah, Where's he from? Uh, he's from South Africa or 
or somewhere over there. He, um, yeah, Bjorn, he's been riding at the provincials for Bjorn Baker for a couple of years, I think. Doesn't come to town very often. Okay. A bit like um, Ash, Ash Morgan, he's as well, doesn't come to town very often. No, that's correct. Anyway, we'll move on to the second race we're going to look at, which is uh, race seven, which is the uh, ACY Securities Benchmark 88. And I'll quickly run through the prices for you. Big field. Should have planned this better. Anyway, we've got from the top, Bethancourt 550, Wairiri Falls 15, Moran 26, Knight of Power 14, Thorin 101, Francesco Guardi 6, Warner King 550, Milkman 101, Solar Apex 5, Le Chevalier 750, Majorati 11, Phillipsburg 16, and the Emergencies Mr. G 31, Avion Fury 101, and Flexible 10. Mark, again, we hand over to you. Yeah, I just wonder where Born to be King or Born a King will get to here. This is a very short run to the first turn from the 1800. I know there's a few emergencies and he will come in uh, three, but uh, he was on the fence there at Rose Hill last week where it was, you know, lengths and lengths better and he was heavily back because of that. So just wondering uh, where we get to in the run there. Look, I've found Solar Apex here. Look, he's a, he can be a little bit inconsistent, but he's not very big. And I like the fact that uh, they've taken the claim here. And he did come out of that race where they absolutely walked. Surf Dancer got a picnic in front. Skyman was the other one who came out of this race and absolutely bolted in. He was at the back with Solar Apex at the top of the straight. And you can see Solar Apex working through in the middle there with the black sleeves. And he and Skyman were the two closing runs from the back of the field where the tempo was against them. And uh, I thought he ran a great race here. So I just think he got too far back in that race. He's drawn a lot better. I'm hoping that uh, Rhys Jones is riding particularly well at the moment. Can put him up a little bit closer in the run. He was a winner a couple of starts ago. First up, in fact, cost me a fortune and a beat a loose of jewel at Cosford. So I'm trying to get square on him. Um, So I think uh, he should get a good run in the race. Francesco Guardi was a a good win at uh, Doombin the other day. He's probably got a chance in the race. And Borna King just drawn a little bit awkwardly for me, and I'm not sure where Bethancourt will get to uh, as well here. I'm not sure if he's just a mile or he's stepping up to 1,800 metres. I don't know if that's being a little bit pedantic, but uh, I thought his best form was probably around the mile mark. What did you think, boys? Uh, personally, I thought, um, yeah, there's a few chances in it, but I thought the, the two that looked to map well, um, assuming they jump, and Solar Apex has got to jump, um, otherwise it's in strife. But assuming he does, I think both he and Francesco Guardi are the ones that are going to get Good uh, trailing runs in the first half of the field, and I think they'll be they look like the two hardest to beat. Borna King had, as you touched on, Mark, every possible favour last start, but it, it ran a much much better time than the uh, stronger grade race on the day. So I think there was merit in it, but uh, the the map just looks diabolical, and we know from that gate, I think uh, Plan A will just need to go straight back and hope, which could uh, make life difficult for him. Any uh, any favourites, Rob? Uh, look. You were- I agree with you guys that you've tipped three Waller runners. Waller won six of the eight available races to him last week. So we're probably on the right track. One of the three is going to win. Solar Apex is a lo- lovely walker. You know, whether he's found his grade or he's a bit better than that, but he, he, he's a really sweet, sweet mover. Um, I wouldn't throw out a uh, shout out to Jono, our bloodstock man. I think his old man's in Wairi Falls. So there's another Waller. Uh, runner, which I'm sure will parade very, very well again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think one of the Waller runners will win. Yes, we'll take a box first four with those. Then how about that? That's yes, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, Solar Apex. If it, there might be one for in play punters on Betfair. Solar Apex jump, maybe take SP or, or a little bit under. Yeah, yeah, agree with that. 
All right, we've got one more to cover. It's the last. This is another big field, of course. It's the elite sand and soil. Great supporters of racing. Benchmark 78. And on the top, we have Kings Air at 650. Capo Royal, 16. Mananui, 26. Jojo was a man into 480 now. Uh, was a bit bigger earlier. Four Valor, 7. Pandano, 19. From the Bush, 16. Sinbar, 360. Dynamic Impact, 31. Uh, Imrahor, 31. We've got a scratching there as well. Prince Aurelius, 71, ready to humble, 15, Nitride, 21, Matter is 51, and Beaufort Park, 18. A uh, couple more come out there from that graphic you see uh, on the screen at the moment, but those prices are pretty right. Um, now, I know, Rob, you're going to have something to say about a few of these horses, but again, Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, I think the dirty bookies have got it right here. Uh, Sinbar and Jojo, the men do look to be the two to beat. Um, Look, I was on Jojo the other day at uh, at the good odds, but I've, I have switched here. I, I think Simbar is a very promising horse, and the fact that he's getting on drier ground now, uh, particularly off uh, that win at Doombin last start, where he was able to race a little bit closer than he has previously. Normally a horse who does seem to drop out. Look at him here. He does get the charm run up on the fence, but boy, oh boy, the last 200 metres, he really put him away. And uh, he's brought him back to Sydney. And uh, he could be just on the up this horse. Uh, he's a magnificent type, as Rob will tell us in a moment. I think he and Jojo stand uh, head and shoulders above this field and uh, hopefully it's not too much on speed and horses get their chance from at least midfield back in the field. And I think Sinbar is certainly the way to go. If the track's playing a little bit on pace, I think Jojo's doing a lot better to to sit up. So you just have to adapt um, to, to how the track is playing. Hopefully we had a fair deck and... If that's the case, I think Sinbar the one to be. Yeah, there certainly are. King Shear owes us about 20 units. It even knocked off that Waller thing the other day uh, when I went against it. But Sinbar, if, if I could own any th- a three horse, three year old and over, um, it would be it would be Sinbar. I, I thought this horse was a live chance in a race like the Rose Hill Guineas. I thought he'd be one of the best sort of middle distance stayers. He's a real smoky, but he just hit wet tracks. Um, I didn't even know he was running until Mark Sheen told me he was but, um, at, at Dooman the other day when I was at Canterbury. Um, of course, uh, Curly was all over it, um, and it, it just it just bolted in. Um, Jojo is the man. I, I think it, I really love him. I love the I love the trainer. He's parading super. I think he's he's a proper Saturday winter welter type horse, and fourteen hundred might suit him a little bit better than Sinbar. So. Um, I've gone with a bit of flair for my for my bet this week as a uh, box exactor, four and eight. Uh, Jojo is the man in Simba in an 18 horse field, but I couldn't find much else on the card, and that's that's my bet. Never even gave me a sling, Mark. Like I told him, it was in a Dooman, it was well fancy, and he didn't even know it was in. It's bolted in. He never even get nothing in the pocket, nothing. Just brush me. We're talking about the same bloke, Ben. Oh, look, it was evens. You know I'm uncomfortable. I didn't have enough horns. It was evens. I, I maybe it was a late drift, two fifty. But you know, I was I was driving back from Canterbury. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't get enough on. Get enough on. Anyway, okay, all right. And yes, you are the king of the box, exactly, Rob. So I'm I'm very glad for this uh, debut of Victims Mark Two or Volume Two that you've uh, you've opened up with one of them. And Mark, your best for the day. Look, I'll see Simbar, if the track's fair, I think uh, he's the way to go. But, look, obviously um, all our tips here are, are horses that probably get off the speed. So you're going to just have to monitor how the track plays throughout the day. I think if Pakari Kari can take up a position also, she'd be very hard to beat. But Simbar, the best of the day if they can run on. Yeah. 
I'm probably with Pokari Kari uh, with those caveats that we'll need a couple of things to go right, but I think she's a pretty smart horse. So I think that brings to an end our first uh, crack at um, Victims of the Punt v 2.0. Thank you very much, Rob, and thank you very much, Mark, for your time and your insights and your stories. Thanks to, uh, well, thanks to me, thanks to ReadyBet, thanks to punningform.com.au, and thanks to Mailbag Bloodstock as well uh, for bringing this show to you. Hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll, um, we'll see you next week.